Why do we think we need to challenge kids all the time? What does that say about our mindset, our fears, and our trust in our kids? In this episode, we explore ideas about how we learn and how we can support our kids' natural learning process without falling back into the pressure cooker of challenge. And we are back, and it's a new year. Happy 2022. So actually, we wanted to start this year of podcasting with a challenge. Since this is all about challenge, now we're going to challenge parents out there. Yes, because they need it. We (laughs) need it. Because you're not going to learn if you don't have a challenge. So (laughs) here's a challenge. Stop challenging your kids so much. Yes, and why? So yeah, the topic of this podcast is, do we need to challenge our kids? And we're, we're getting this a lot, a lot of oh questions God. around, well, what happens if we, you know, if we don't challenge our kids, what's going to come of them? And, you know, how do I challenge my kid and still unschool or what other questions? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, to me, it's like the most common topic of people that want to go into unschooling who are thinking about it but then they fall into this like but but I don't see my kid working enough I don't see my kid challenging themselves they're not growing at a rate that I would like or that I feel comfortable with or that shows that they're really progressing I really think I need to push them a little bit like this is so common it happens all the time and and I think you know having a learning center I've seen this we've seen this throughout like any age I mean I'm talking about kids that are toddlers and you know learning to walk learning to talk learning you know practicing and developing fine motor skills to the oldest of learners and and I've done this myself I remember when Sai was an infant you know we were so excited to like get him to sit up you know and like have him sit up and so it was like holding his hands and getting him to sit up and I remember it was actually my mother-in-law that was like stop doing that to him and I didn't even (laughs) realize I didn't even realize that I was imposing myself on him by not respecting his process and his his pace in learning yeah not trusting not trusting how he was going to develop yeah absolutely yeah so where does this question come from Becca why do why do people ask this question oh I think it has to do with our own schooling experience a lot Uh, we have all been to school or most of us and at school we were forced all the time we were pushed Uh, using external motivation as punishments or grades or exams and we didn't like it we didn't like being at school most of the time I mean when I talk to parents they kind of say yeah I loved recess but not the rest and so what I think happens in school is that it's either too hard or too easy too fast too slow too tedious meaningless and we would never have been there if it hadn't been for that external pressure. And so I think that we've been kind of brainwashed or indoctrinated to believe that kids need to be pushed and challenged in order to develop healthily and learn what they need to learn in life. Yeah, and I I would add to that that I I think there's also this idea of 
of how that looks, like what the process looks like, right? Like first you're supposed to learn this and then you're supposed to learn that. And I mean, that's the whole idea of curriculum. Yeah, and I think also it has to do with this idea um, that we also have that I find very schoolish, that we don't see learning as something that is happening in every area of life, but we associate learning to academics. Yeah. And so if we have a kid that isn't very interested in learning how to read and write or doing math, we think that we need to push them, you know, and we just miss the point because we are not used to observing our kids in their learning processes. We don't have the awareness of all the challenges that they put on on themselves all the time. We don't recognize it for what it is because we think that learning has to be academic. Yeah, and I think all of those ways of thinking about learning, really what we're, what we're doing is not trusting a very natural process of learning. And in agile learning and self-directed learning and unschooling, the basis, the foundation of this work is trust, is uh, understanding that we learn naturally all the time in every interaction. In, like right now, you and I doing this podcast are learning a bunch. People that are listening are learning a bunch. And we're learning in so many different ways that we can't even recognize sometimes. And I think it's hard for us to recognize what we're learning because we've been so, we've been so, we've been taught to think about learning in such a square way. A very in, academic way. A very academic way. And like check off the box. And if you don't check check the boxes, then you're not really learning. And I'm sorry, but I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't no. like to, to feel like I'm less than or I'm not smart enough or I'm not good enough because I'm not learning in the way that others think that I should be learning. And that's what we're doing to our kids. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, if we look, for instance, to our trainings, whenever we give trainings, we have a lot of dynamics, a lot of, um, you know, group activities and play and different kind of dynamics in order to grow and learn together. And when we ask the participants, so what did you learn from this activity? They look at us, you know, with a blank stare going like, I didn't learn anything. So we have to reframe it and be like, okay, so what did you discover during this activity? Because they don't recognize the learning that is happening. And when when they can look at it from, oh, what did I discover? Oh my God, so many things. That is learning. And I also want to say that a lot of times we don't recognize learning because we're so focused on outcome. We're so focused on, okay, what times tables and math and do you know this theory and that theory. But there's so much emotional development and growth and learning that takes place through experience. You brought up the trainings. I mean, so many times people come to the trainings and sometimes they get kind of pissed off in the beginning. Like, why are we (laughs) playing so many games? And then at the end, we're like, why are we playing so many games? And they're like, wow, we learn connection and community building and trust and and communication and so much more. And the list goes on. So I think we really... We have such a conventional way of looking at learning and that that forces us to think that we need to challenge our kids because what they're doing is not learning. Exactly. And so I would actually like to go back to the toddler because if there's something that I love doing is observing toddlers because they are the perfect example of how 
kids challenge themselves. So first they learn how to stand up and then they learn how to walk and it's super hard. They fall all the time, they hurt themselves, they bump their heads and they keep going. And when they actually master the walking, they will try to walk on more challenging surfaces. Maybe surfaces that go up or surfaces that go down or maybe on the border of the stairs you know where th there's a bigger possibility for them to slip and fall and then they're going to jump they're going to climb i mean they do it all the time and when we when we quote unquote let them exactly. we're not interfering exactly. with them <laughs> because what is most common at least down here in mexico is for parents to say don't do that you're going to hurt yourself and then they lift them up and they impose themselves on the kids so the kids can't really challenge themselves and develop the way that they are programmed to. So then maybe I would rephrase the question, do we need to challenge our kids? It's like, we need to get out of the way of our kids challenging themselves. Exactly, exactly. But, and that's how we support them to yes. be challenged. And I think that this is a point that many parents just, they miss it completely. They don't see how their kids are challenging themselves. And so they don't like what the kid is doing because they think it's a waste of time and they do get in the way of that learning process and that process where they're actually challenging themselves. So I would like to talk about a big theme here as it relates to challenging our kids um, and it's adultism. Can you define what that is? Ooh, adultism to me is when we just automatically think that we know more and we know better because we're older than the kids and we also have the right to decide for them and punish them and correct them when they don't behave the way that we think that they should behave since we know so much more and so much better than them. Or force our agendas on them or what we think they need to be doing or all these thoughts that we have around, exactly like yeah. challenging them yeah exactly so adultism i mean we could do a whole podcast and we i'm sure we will do a whole podcast on adultism because it's a big big topic and theme and there are a lot of people that have written articles and tons of amazing things out there around adultism but for me when i think of adultism as it relates to challenging kids it's like do we go around saying you know, we need to challenge adults. Like, hey, Becca, you really need to challenge yourself more. <laughs> you know, I don't see you challenging yourself. I don't see you learning enough. You know, do we do that to adults? Never. No. I mean, I laugh out loud now because it sounds so ridiculous. Right, then why do we do it to kids? Exactly. Why do we say to, to our kids, like, you need to be doing more? Or why do I, we say to our facilitators or community members, like, our kids need to be more challenged? And, I mean, actually, there was... Um, a learner in the space um, whose parent asked them, are you being challenged enough? And she turned around and was like, do I need to be? <laughs> and they were like caught off guard. Like, I didn't know how to respond to that. I was like, do you, I mean, do you think she needs to be? It seems like she's kind of holding her own and she's doing quite all right, you know? Absolutely. And so I think for me, you know, we're not asking that of adults. So why are we asking or thinking that of kids? And for me, what it comes down to is parents' insecurity. Yeah. Like our yes. own insecurity as parents as to what the future will hold for our kids and what things are going to look like. And it goes back to fear, guys. It goes back to our generational traumas, our wounds. We talk about this a lot, and we're going to continue to talk about this. Um, but it, it's really, in those moments, it's about us and our needs and not about the needs of our kids. 
That is so true. And that has to do with trust. And what I mean by that is that if we really trusted that our kids are developing adequately and that they're learning all the time, we, we don't need to challenge them. And the fact that we think that we need to challenge them and, and push them to move through what we think that they need to learn, it's just showing that we don't trust that they will get there on their own. And that has to do with that insecurity that you're talking about. Like, ooh, what if I'm, as a parent, I'm failing my kid because I'm not pushing them enough. Uh, I'm not doing my work. And so maybe I need to push more so that the kid is where I think that the kid has to be. But we learn at so different rhythms and so different paces. You know, there are kids that learn to walk at age nine months and others that have to be 18 months and you have kids that speak fluently when they're one and a half and then you have other kids that don't say a word until they're five we're different yeah and and i think also what is really concerning to me about generations of people not trusting their kids is that then we raise kids that don't trust themselves and, or others and what is what is difficult with that or what is problematic with that I mean, we're talking about centering relationship in the work that we do. We're talking about breaking generational patterns and wounds. We're talking about shifting to systems of more love-based, freedom-based versus control and fear. And if we are projecting our fears onto our kids, our insecurities, our thoughts that they're not learning enough, they're going to begin to think that they're not good enough. They're going to begin to think that they're not learning. They're not going to see the value in their own thinking, their, in their own lives, in their own choices. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like the world is kind of crazy out there. And I, I think we, <laughs> yeah. need, we need generations of kids that are very secure in their decision making and very secure in who they are and empowered. And it's like, how can we have empowered youth if we're disempowering them by telling them how they need to be? and at what pace and that they need to be challenged instead of seeing the value in who they are and what they're doing yeah so coming back to to this important thing what is really empowering our children is it challenging them and pushing them or is it letting them develop at their own pace their own rhythm and supporting them in that yeah and i think let's let's make it really clear like kids are challenging themselves all the time they don't need us as adults again from an adultist perspective because we think we know better to come in and tell them what we think they need to be doing why don't we step out of the way it's like what your son Teo said in our in you know one of our last podcasts like get out of the fucking way and listen to kids and be curious about what it is that they're learning and how they're learning because maybe it, it looks really different for us and to us because we come from something really different. But that doesn't mean that they're not learning already. So, I mean, you see this with Teo all the time, right? I do, I do. I mean, my kid has Asperger's syndrome. He has high functioning autism. And there's certain things where he's just like super strong, like when it comes to, you know, like intellectual stuff, he just knows so much. But then with other things, he has a harder time and now he's 16 and there's no way that he will walk into a grocery store and buy something like he is not going to do that and yet and so every now and then I do freak out about it and I'm like oh should I challenge him and then I am like okay Teo like 
how, how do you feel right now about going to a grocery shop and buying something? And he's like, mm, I don't feel ready yet. And then last time I did this, I asked him, would it be different in, if we were in Sweden? Would you feel more readiness then? And he said, I think so, but I would want you or grandma or someone else to walk me through the process so I know what I'm supposed to do, so I feel secure and safe. And I mean, this is super hard, Sadi. Like, he's 16. He should know how to do this. And I have people telling me that I should challenge him more or that I'm not challenging him enough in my surroundings. And it's hard to hear because I really do trust Theo. I really do trust the way he, he is developing. And also I can contrast this to how I grew up because I was an introvert as I am now. And I know that my very extroverted parents, they were probably quite um, nervous about me not being more outgoing. I was shy. And so they tried to push me. They tried to challenge me, like, go and do this, go and do that. And it didn't work at all. It backfired. And it wasn't until I was in my early 20s where I actually decided that, hmm, maybe I should be working a little bit on my social skills. I think I need that now. And I did it because I wanted to. But the pushing me had just the contrary effect. And of course, I mean, my parents didn't have any malintention at all. They did what they thought they needed to do. Um, but of course, it undermined my, my self-confidence in those situations of, of trying to speak up or, or going and get something. I, I would take my sister and make her talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and thank you for bringing that up that, you know, you do freak out about those things sometimes because even though we have this podcast and even though, you know, we have a learning center and we're working on trainings and all this, like I still have my moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, is Sai going to be behind? You know, and then I'm like, behind what? <laughs> for who? Why? Um, and that's where I really check myself and think about like what is most important in our lives. And it is about connection. And what I'm hearing you say, Becca, is that in those moments, you have real conversations with Teo where you start asking how he's feeling about where he is in his life and what his goals are. And I think it like being a parent and in un, in the unschooling world and being an unschooling person does not mean an absence of connection from our kids processes like it's it's the opposite it's like actually i want to know what do you want to learn what do you want to do i want to support you to do those things versus this is what you should do and take reading for example you know i shared this story before but when my son was just about to turn seven he shared that he felt like he had an eight-year-old mind and that he was ready to read and I hadn't pushed reading on him at all. And so we had, you know, I got, I had all the stuff ready because people were giving it to me, but it wasn't until then that I really was like, okay. And every now and then we'll, he'll ask me to read or I'll suggest it to him. Like, Hey, do you want to read another green, green reading book of Bob the pirate or whatever? And he'll say, sure. And sometimes he'll say, no, I don't want to do this right now. And sometimes I will talk to him and say, okay, well that other thing that you want to do, reading would help you with that. So this is why it could be important is does that how does that sound to you? Is it something you want to do and help him understand that it's a tool and he has choice versus you need to be doing this. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what I have done with Teo, for instance, when it comes to the groceries, I mean, 
I tell him, you know, sometimes, Theo, I get this stupid idea that you will never, ever be able to do this. And he just cracks up and he's like, Mom, come on, you know, like, what is this? I was just fear. Mom, of course I'll be able to do that when I'm ready. Yeah. But I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And they know. They know. They know. They know. We just have to listen to them. Kids really know when they're ready. And I think our job, because I've heard this a lot from parents, it's like, well, it's my job to challenge them. It's my job to make sure that they're learning. No, it's not. No. It's, it's not our job to strip our kids of opportunities to learn naturally and to develop those skills themselves because this is to me like one of the biggest advantages when we stop challenging our kids and instead of challenging them we start supporting them exactly where they're at with what they want to do they start learning for themselves where their limits are where their boundary their boundaries go you know we don't need to show them that because they will know a little kid a three-year-old who sees a six-year-old climb a tree won't be able to make it if we say get down from there that's too dangerous how are they ever gonna experience oh this is too hard for me right now but i want to do it sure practice you can practice 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 you and know the conversation that i would have with the three-year-old is like oh yeah you want to do that like what do you think you need what would help you to be able to do that like we have kids in the center that have these really big dreams and really big goals and my job is not to to crush that and say well you're never going to be able to do that and if you want to do that then you need to do this this or and the other so you better get moving it's like being really curious about really tell me more How, what do you think you need to be able to do that and i think that's what our role is as adults in in kids lives i mean tao said it so beautifully in that podcast like being the pillar of support exactly just saying okay my three-year-old friend you want to do that what do you need to practice and how can i help you to do that yeah i just want to make this really clear um not challenging our kids doesn't mean negligence yes it means shifting from challenging them to supporting them like really supporting them and i think that this example that you show with you know like how you can talk to kids and ask them what they think that they need that is how we can support them and that is all the opposite it's the contrary of trying to challenge them yeah i think so it's you're talking about intention right like when you really come to the table and come to the conversation open minded open heart open hearted to try to understand where a kid is at or where the learner is at what they want and what they need and you see yourself as just like a vehicle of support a pillar of support it changes from an intention of I need to make sure that this kid is learning something. I need to make sure that this kid is being challenged. I need to make sure that there's a particular outcome and that it's result oriented and product focused. Because you know what it is too. Many adults think that they need to challenge their kids in order to prepare them for life. And I beg to differ. I don't think that we need to do that because I think that life kind of does that to us, you know. <laughs> and it kicks our ass too <laughs> all the time. You know, it's anything from my friend stealing my bucket, you know, in the sandbox to a pet dying to a breakdown in relationships. I mean, life challenges us all the time. We don't need to challenge kids more. Rather, I think when we're so focused on wanting to challenge our kids, we're not looking at how we are challenging ourselves. And let's remember here, friends, that 
the way kids learn is through example. And so when we, as their parents, step up and do hard things and we fail and we get up and we do it again and we try harder and we fail better every time, that is how they see how we can live life. Absolutely. And I would add to that, like when we take risks and when we support our kids to take risks as well, that is a form of challenge. That is a form of building resilience um, because that's really what challenging means, right? Like you want to build resilience. You want to build a lear- learning experience around it. And I think that if if we can look at ourselves as as support for our kids to be able to take risks and have different experiences and maybe that they choose themselves and that they're ready for yeah not and, the maybe, ones that they and impose. maybe not actually and because there's there is a difference between hey there's this really cool show you know in town I mean whenever that's going to happen again but like you know there's this really cool thing like do you want to check it out with me versus you really need to be doing this. Exactly. It's, it, I yeah. think what, what I want to get at is it, it depends on our mindset and our intention and the insecurity and fear that we might be projecting on our kids. So I think at the end of the day, what it always comes down to is centering the relationship and what kind of relationship do we want to have with our kids or the youth in our lives. Do we want to impose on them? Do we want to push our agendas on them? Do we want to project our fears on them? Or do we want to be pillars of support that are walking through this thing called life together and exploring and discovering and learning with them? And um, we have some tips, as always, for our listeners in supporting you all on, on this journey that we're all on together in trying to build the relationships with the kids in our life. Number one is learning to observe your kids. Um, that's, I mean, we always start with that. It's always, yeah. it's always about observation. Observe, observe, observe. But in, in this particular instance, when it comes to challenges and this mindset around like we have to challenge them, otherwise they're not going to be successful, is learn to observe when they're challenging themselves already. Yeah, because they are all the time. Yeah. And literally, guys, what, what we mean here is sit down, be quiet and watch and just observe. Take notes if you need to and see what what are they doing? How are they pushing their limits? How are they setting boundaries for themselves? What kinds of things are they discovering? What language are they using? How are they interacting with others? Um, and, and that is also how we begin to open up that lens of being able to see learning differently when we actually step back and observe what is going on in the world of our kids or the youth that we're supporting. The second tip would be talk to your kid. Ask them what they're learning. Ask them what is hard and challenging. Ask them how they're overcoming those challenges. Like just engage in conversation with them because that is when you're going to learn so much. I do this with Theo a lot because you know he's on the computer and I I can't stand there like hanging over his shoulder all the time. So I ask him like 
wow so what was challenging with that how did you go about it how did you overcome it like what did you do and we have these amazing conversations around that where he's really very willingly sharing what he's been learning what he's been doing and and how he's dealing with the stuff that is really hard and i am learning that my kid really knows his way around (laughs) yes he does and he knows how to talk about it and describe it and share what it is that he's learning and and i think reflection has so much to do with it creating time to connect and reflect with our kids and also not talking about learning like this product you know like so what have you learned today but rather what have you been doing today what have you what, what have you been up to what was fun what was challenging like to be able to engage in those conversations like like we we do with with these people that come to our trainings you know what did you discover today what have you been exploring that will give us so much information and it might calm many parents down actually yeah and another tip um, tip three is do that with yourself observe yourself and how you're learning like i said before we're not going around asking adults what are you learning how are you challenging yourself you better challenge yourself so we're still learning, right? It's not like we finish school and then all of a sudden our learning stops, right? So observe yourself and how you learn. And maybe we can actually learn about learning by observing ourselves. Tip four, think a little bit about motivation. What would you prefer? That your kid develops inner motivation, intrinsic motivation, or that your kid doesn't have any motivation unless it is being external, coming from the outside. Yeah, and I think a lot about authenticity as you're saying this. Like we really want our kids and want to support youth to be autonomous, independent, strong humans. And this is, this is what that is for me. It's like, do we want them to be something that other people are asking them to be? Do we want them to love the things that people are asking them to love? Or do we want them to figure, figure that out for themselves and live their authentic lives? Tip number five, it's about letting go of wanting to push and challenge the kid and instead starting to support the kid exactly where they're at and also with what they want to do yeah sounds super easy doesn't it (laughs) and we're always working on this stuff and so we want to hear from you guys like what how are these tips also are they working for you like are things are we is this supporting you in your process are there any tips that that we're sharing that have really helped you as well and beginning to shift the dynamic in in your communication or in your relationship so yeah please we're learning and we want to keep hearing from you and learning as we're doing this so be in touch In the next episode of Radical Learning Talks, we will be interviewing Blake Bowles, the founder and director of Unschool Adventures and the author of the amazing book, Why Are You Still Sending Your Kids to School? It's a must read for anyone interested in education and definitely one of our favorite books in the unschooling world. Stay tuned.